0: Welcome to another episode of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler, and in this episode, we're going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges of our next guests. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. So I'm excited because I'm podcasting in Atlanta, Georgia, and I happen to run into these young, technically millennials <laughs> um, down here in Georgia. Um, that just completed the Appalachian Trail. Appalachian Trail. It Appalachian? depends
1: on who you are and where you're at. So we've always pronounced it Appalachian, but most people tell you if you're in the South, it's Appalachian.
0: Appalachian. So
1: it just, it's up to you, I guess. There
0: it is. Well, so I have with me Aaron and Tom Golden in the studio. Thank <laughs> you so much. How y'all doing? Good. We're good. All right. So I know that technically you don't want to be associated with millennials, <laughs> Um. Can you elaborate or will that uh, further? Well, here's the thing. Millennials, I think, are not known for uh, being on top of things. Right. Um, or following through. Right. And obviously, <laughs> going up the Appalachia Appalachian Trail, <laughs> um, you had to be a little bit committed there. Definitely. So definitely not a feeling the millennial connection?
1: Yeah, I think most of the time, for me, it feels like millennials are associated with, like... Constantly being on your phones, and, and well, we're still in our parents' basement, but you know <laughs> that that doesn't
2: count. So that, does sort of, <laughs> that does
0: bring you closer to the millennial. We do check it does. That box. It does. <laughs> uh, Okay, so why the Appalachian Trail?
2: Well, when we first met, probably what five or six years ago, that was one of the first things. That we talked about the night we met was we both had an interest in the Appalachian Trail, and then it just that dream kind of just stuck with us. And that's at least the way that I remember it, Aaron. Well,
1: <laughs> we met eight years ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, but but yeah, um, I think it five, probably eight, it all
2: feels like eight.
1: It helped because um, we've lived in Georgia, so I think the the knowledge of the trail. Mm-hmm was there um, because it's our state, and um I know I watched a National Geographic documentary. I think that's where I found my desire to through hike, and I think you watched the same one yeah at a some few point times, yeah. yeah, and then we converged and
0: and did you have any idea how much it was going to cost you?
1: We did through research, um not necessarily in the like in the complete abstract stages of it, but once we researched more.
0: So what what does a six-month hike look like in terms of dollars?
2: Well, so it's funny when we were doing research, even talking to people in person who have done it, no one one will really talk about how much it costs them (laughs) because it ranges so much. Some people do, I think they estimate the lower range now is five to $7,000. It's okay. kind of a normal average, right. but some people do it on way less. And it's also getting more expensive as more people want to do it because there's more side activities in towns and through hostels and things like that. But for us with two people don't remember exactly how much the trail cost, but all in all, I think it ended up being about $20,000 total. But we also still had some commitments we had to take care of while we were home. But Mm -hmm. it's just funny because you hike with people and you have no idea how much people are spending or how much they plan to spend.
1: Yeah. They say to plan $1,000 a month per person. That's a general estimate. And so if you're talking six months, um, which is, you know, what... Probably slow to average. People take. No, um. Some people do it in four, but so then you've got to think there's two of us though. So, so that's
0: twelve. So you're eight thousand over budget.
1: <laughs> well, we also had about three thousand dollars worth of bills. Oh, okay. Um, so we had three to four thousand in bills because I have a car that we were paying for. We had health insurance, which is controversial. Some people go without health insurance on the trail, but we just weren't willing to take that risk. Right. Um. We had student loans, but we. Put those on deferment. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those are getting ready to start back up. Oh, fun. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah. So we we got rid of the credit card debt before we start. We had a little bit of credit card debt that just kind of hung around, but that was a big thing was to get rid of any any of the debts like that that we could easily get rid of, so that we had the least number of things to pay for every month that we could. So, but because of our bills, a, a large part of what we had to pay for were our bills.
1: But I would say we saved twenty. We came home with three. Okay. But those have to go towards again bills and, and having student loans coming back out. So it feels like we don't have any money and so it feels like we spent all twenty.
0: Right. Um, you still but, have a but we still have a little. And how long did it take you to save? And when did you start did you start saving right when you started planning or did you plan for six months and then started saving? Like what like take us through what somebody has to do when all of a sudden they have a non-normative uh, goal that they want to
2: pursue. Well, I think probably the biggest thing that made this possible <laughs> was that we were able to live in Aaron's mom's house and in her basement. And oh, that she pretty. allowed us to live here without, <laughs> w- without paying rent. Because our rent before was about $1,300 in the city. Wow, yeah. okay. So yeah. it would not have at all been possible without being able to do that, which is not something that everybody has the ability to be able to do, depending on where you live and where your family is and if there's space, Mm -hmm. but it actually worked out well for us because it was a much shorter commute for both of us. And Mm -hmm. we got to be here with her and Mm -hmm.
1: yeah. So we, like we said, we've been thinking about doing the trail for eight years. Um, we seriously considered in 2017 to do the trail in 2018, but then push that off and then finally decided again in 2018 to do the trail in 2019. I told my job that I was not going to be returning because I, I teach. And, um, in February of 2018 was when I let them know that I wasn't going to come back for the next year. Um, we didn't start saving until we moved in with my mom in august of 2018 so we really did most of our saving in that eight months leading up to the trek okay um what we did before that was a lot of paying down our credit card bills so that way when we got here we could just put it away um
0: yeah and as and and as you got closer were there any days where you were thinking, you know what, maybe we should just take this money and go uh, take a trip to Hawaii and forget about hiking?
1: I suggested that months. on the trail at one point. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was like, you know, there's a, a lot of money being spent here. We should just go do a really well, awesome, well, we are, we're doing and an awesome And in Georgia,
2: trip. or at least a lot of parts of Georgia, that's a down payment on a house. And yeah. I know when I put in my notice mm-hmm. at work, my boss said, are you okay financially? And I said, oh, you know, we just... Saved a down payment for a house and decided to go live in the woods instead. So, you know, we're good.
1: Yeah.
0: And they were like, Are you, what have you been drinking? <laughs> so did you get a lot of people sort of looking at you quizzically and, and thinking you were slightly off your rocker?
1: I think a lot of people didn't actually think we would do it. Do it. And so... You know, our answer to them was, well, if we don't, then at least we have a whole bunch of money saved up and we can go buy a house and do the normal things.
2: Yeah, our thought was at least we tried, but I don't think people really thought we were crazy for doing it. Like she said, I think they just didn't think that we could do it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And now that you've done it, um, what would you say the best part of that trip was in terms of? Seeing things, having the time off the grid, sort of off the grid. Um, Like just being able to spend the time together and learn how to navigate in stressful situations. Or like what would you say were the the benefits of making this trek?
2: Well, I really enjoyed the time we got to spend together because a lot of people said, oh, my gosh, there's no way I could – I could spend 24 hours a day with my partner, and you, you know, and not not go crazy or end up divorced, you know. And, and but that was my favorite part: all the teamwork that it required for us, and we did everything together. And I just really enjoyed it, and I also really enjoyed all the people we met, or mm-hmm. most of the people we met, <laughs> uh, because everybody has the same common goal. Everyone had their own journey to get there to start the trail, and they had their own reasons for wanting to be there. But in the end, the people you see every day are all there with the same goal in mind, which is just really cool because you don't I feel like you don't see that too much in the real world. Everyone kind of is running their own race with different goals in mind and,
1: and here you're all cheering each other on too. It's not if this person succeeds, I can't. It's let's all succeed together. Um I really enjoyed cutting through all of the BS. Um I feel like I learned kind of how to prioritize a little bit more, um, just what matters to me in general. I feel like we all play a lot of roles and let that dictate, um, decisions that we make, uh, what we think we're supposed to be doing versus what we want to do. Um, and I think a lot of times what we want to do takes the back burner because we're trying to fit into this, you know, what is normal? What, are, what am I supposed to be doing right now? So I, I just feel like I really aligned with that. And I came back really knowing what's important to me and where I want to focus my energy and focus my time and what I want to do.
0: Did you find that most of the people that you interacted with had a similar mindset of, uh, you know, not doing the normal thing and, and actually just f- figuring out what was important for them? Um, or i mean i don 't know if you had a lot of conversations with people about, Hey, why are you on the trail, and that kind of stuff.
2: I think a lot of people were in that same headspace, but also it was interesting because I also noticed that some people were slightly offended if someone they did not know very well asked them, even someone who 's hiking the trail alongside them asked them, well, why are you out here because I think that was a very personal question to everyone. Mm. So a lot of people weren't comfortable really discussing that until they really got to know someone because Mm. it meant it's something different for everyone. Some people just want to check it off their bucket list and they thought it would be neat to do. Some people are on a spiritual journey and some people are looking for something. I think everyone's probably looking for something a little bit, but, um, That's what's so interesting. Like I said, everybody has the same goal, and you're on the same journey, but you're also on completely different journeys. And it's it's all personal.
0: That makes sense. Were there there very many uh, glam campers? Were there people with their fancy tents and their fancy gear? Or were most people pretty just down-to-earth kind of folks?
1: I think it um – I think there were a good bit of both because there are a lot of people who really want to be ultralight. And um, it's really smart because then you're in less pain all the time because you're carrying 20 pounds on your back instead right. of 40. But that costs a lot of money. So I think like for us, we were in probably the average gear range. And I think there were a lot of people that just had some nice things, some average things. Um, and then I would say like more the, the there were probably the people who had the nicest gear were people who were retired doing
2: right. it. Or people who we didn't see after the first few weeks
1: because they were going too fast,
2: <laughs> oh. or, or because or, they didn't make it. Um, oh, it, seemed, it was funny. A lot of people true. had super expensive gear and they had bought the top of the line everything, and
1: a lot of it's a mental game.
2: Took it, took it too fast in the beginning and got hurt and had to go home. Yeah, no. it's it's all mental. But as far as the gear, I mean, we we had pretty decent stuff. Some of our stuff was. Nicer because we needed it to hold up. Some of it was cheaper because it was the kind of stuff you kind of cut corners on. But we knew a guy who had like a twenty dollar tent. He made it the whole way though. Yeah, you know. So it's
0: well, I would I would imagine, or my assumption would be that people that go out and buy the top end stuff who haven't really done it are don't really have the mental. It is a mental game Mm -hmm. when you're hiking or doing things like this, and it's not about having the nicest gear. It's about having the mindset to push through.
1: Yeah, cuz your $700 tent is only going to get you so far in the rain after rain after rain and you're still
2: wet walking <laughs> in wet clothes. I will say that in one, the rain. One thing that I noticed that is different about a lot of outdoor gear though rather than other things we just buy in our day-to-day lives is that you really are paying for performance with a lot of those That's things true. because you use this every single day. You might pay $200 for a sleeping pad, but you sleep on this thing every day. And you may pay 50 bucks more for a sleeping bag, but it's three ounces lighter. Three ounces doesn't sound like that much, but you carry it all day, every day.
1: But you also don't have to have the top-of-the-line stuff or, like, the really, really expensive stuff. Because, I mean, our tent, I think, was 250 or $300. And, I mean, we loved it. And it performed wonderfully. And, you know, like I said, you can get a $700 tent. And some people love those. And they work great. But
0: So I remember watching the movie with Reese Witherspoon. Wild. wild okay, wild. <laughs> and uh, so she's starting off. And she's so super excited. And then they go through her backpack. And they're, throw this out, throw this out. And then, as she would read a book, she would throw the pages away. I think is what I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, did anybody like have you stand on a scale and help you out and say this has got to go, um, or did you just know that we're taking a we're taking a sleeping bag pad and we're going to take our coffee machine? Like,
2: I had way too much in the beginning. I think we both did, and we weren't nearly as bad off as some people were in the beginning. But you just learn as you go what you don't need. There's yeah, a we never place really uh, had
1: anybody tell us. Yeah.
2: I mean, and there are people that will tell you that you get to some of the outfitters and they're willing to do it for you, but, um, uh, you just figure it out and we, you figure out what, what do I use? What I don't, what do I not use? You know I mean? I eventually I had my Kindle. Eventually I said, you know what? I'm too tired every day. I don't read. This was awesome. I'm sending it home. I, I don't read anymore. There's no time in the day. Things like that. But you just adapt. That's the big thing you learn how to do out there. You adapt. You learn what you need and what you don't need.
0: Well, I guess one big difference between Nepal and the Appalachian Trail, you probably don't have a lot of Sherpas that are going (laughs) to carry (laughs) stuff for you for a few dollars. Correct. So it's all on you. Absolutely. Did you ever feel in danger? Because, I mean, clearly you're carrying your money, your identification, and all of your belongings.
2: Never really felt in danger once we got kind of acclimated to the trail, and you're used to living in the woods, and you know that every animal you hear and every little sound at night is not a bear or a mountain lion coming to kill you. You know that that's not what it is, and then you right. sleep through the night. But, um, I mean, this year there was there was a a murder on the trail. You know, oh, it was wow. really unfortunate, and that happened a few hundred miles ahead of us at the time. Um, but surprisingly. I mean, as terrible as that was, and really uncommon as it was, most people didn't really seem to be too scared because it's just not—it's not common for something like that to happen. And it's just there's just a, a big community, and people know where people are at on the trail. Right. But we actually we had a Garmin GPS with us, um, just as kind of a safety net. But also, our parents and our friends were able to track where we were every day mm-hmm. and just kind of see where we were. So that that was probably. Helped put everyone at ease a little bit I think
1: And I think in towns was really where most of The fear was honestly Was going into town with all these people And strangers Because once you're on the trail for a little while You know everyone You know people You've heard of them Um, So yeah
0: So no big deliverance moments (laughs)
1: Okay
0: No Um, And were um, both your parents really supportive?
1: Mine were definitely Tom's were a little more apprehensive. Um, like you're crazy. They came around like they were totally supportive by the time we were hiking, but it it took a probably a couple months. Um they thought that we should wait until we were retired. You know, they they were really concerned about the security of having a job and and having Money and which makes you know, it's a it's a valid concern,
2: but they came around <laughs> they and they were huge supporters for us mm-hmm. while we were out there. Yeah.
0: Would you say that you're both pretty much on the same page when it comes to planning and finances and budgeting? So like Aaron, you said at one point, yes, going to Hawaii might not be <laughs> such a bad idea. Um, are you on the same page most of the time? And how do you work out your financial um, issues?
1: So we share money. Um, I know not every married couple does, um, but we do. I think we're on the same page. I mostly track it closely, and Tom is more of a loose idea. Like, he knows how much we have and what we're spending and stuff, but I'm, I'm like, the one checking it multiple times a day, you know, and he, he checks it a few times a week, or he'll ask me. Um, but I think, would you say we're on the same page?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I used to look at the bank account, and then when we were on the trail, I just yeah didn't care. I spend money once a week. so
1: Yeah, that's right. true. So I, I wasn't right. too
2: concerned about it. But yeah, we're pretty much on the same page. I mean, I think, especially with the trail, we try to operate without debt as much as we can, but we obviously have our debts. But to look at it, as student loans are good debt. That was an investment in education. A car is, a, well, and you know, in most cases, a car, it's that, that's good. We need a way to get to work, something safe and reliable. But we try not to use the credit cards unless we have to. But if we do, we just have a plan of, okay, well, here's how we'll take care of that. And then we do, and we just
1: get a plan
2: together and do it.
1: There's not much stress involved, I would say, for either of us, Mm -hmm. especially after the trail. I just, you know, if there's something you can do about it, do it. And if there's not then I just, it seems like a lot of waste of energy to worry about having, Mm -hmm. like, just, you know, if you have credit card debt, for instance, like, so we had to come home, and, you know, we had some bills, so we have a little bit now, and we know that we're going to pay it off, um, and we have a plan for it, but to me, to sit and worry for the next two months while we're trying to get that back down just seems like, I don't know, just... There's nothing I can do currently until these next two months come, and we're paying, paying, paying. Um, so I don't know, just to try not to put too much stress and pressure on ourselves to pay that off, because we, you know, we're just doing what we can. If that makes sense. Yeah,
0: absolutely. When did you have your first money conversation as a couple?
1: We had our money separate up until we got married and we were together for four years before we got married. So I guess we talked about money at some point before then. Yeah, it was it
2: the year before the year when we were engaged because we split rent together and we split bills and things like yeah. that. But there really wasn't, it was kind of a conversation of just like, okay, well we need to pay this. We need to pay that. And then once we got married, it really was just want to meet me at the bank and we'll open <laughs> up a joint account. And we so. did. And that was pretty much it. And yeah, you know, at certain times I've made more than her, certain times she's made more than me and but it I, just never really matters because either way it's all our money. The way right. we, the way we yeah. see it at least, that works really well for it us. It works
1: really well for us. Cause I know that money issues can cause pretty big rifts sometimes in relationships. So for us, that was a really clear way to make it. It's our money, no matter who's making more or whatever, sure.
0: Does, do you recall in your childhoods any money advice you got from your parents that you've carried into the marriage or that you were aware of that might be uh, a block to the marriage?
2: I know for me, my parents always had the goal of paying off their debts, whether it was a car or a new lawnmower or their house, it didn't matter. Their goal was always to pay things off before they bought new things, especially on credit. So for me, that just helped me kind of be in the mindset of having some debt is okay, using credit is okay, but to keep it under control and have a plan for it that I might want to buy this, but maybe I'll wait until next year when this thing is paid off to keep just to keep everything balanced that for me, at least. Mm hmm.
1: Um, I would say the same, like, you know, my family always had cars that you, you had until you paid them off. And then, and you didn't get a new one until you needed one. Um, it was interesting for me, my parents divorced when I was 10 and my dad only uses cash. He now has a credit card, but, I mean, for years and years and years of my life, he only used cash because he has a small business, and that was just his cash flow. And My mom is really strategic and is really good with her money, but she always uses credit cards and, and, and then pays it off, you know, and uh, so it's interesting seeing those two different modes of using money, but I think they both – I guess kind of what you were saying there never seemed like there was a lot of debt yeah. or at least not that i was aware well, of it always seemed like something that was constantly being monitored and controlled and taken care of
2: Well, one thing we learned from aaron's mom that we used on the trail was we got a credit card that's zero percent interest but we used the credit card for everything but every month we paid off the balance but we yeah. got hundreds of dollars in cash back yeah. while on the trail because every expense was paid for with that oh, nice. we rarely there were times where, if we knew we needed cash, we'd grab a little bit of cash, but we rarely carried cash on the yeah. trail.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. And where? Ne- so now that you've you've done this <laughs> event, mm-hmm. um, are you? Is it time to now just go in and do all the normative things, or is it time to just keep following the things that you want to do, um, but with a plan and a strategy?
1: I think that we probably have two different answers. (laughs) I think for me, kind of the normative stuff is in alignment now with what I want to do. Like, I'm ready to... Well, I think we both are ready to um, probably start having kids here in a few years. And so that feels like the normal next step. Buying a house feels like the normal next step. But they also feel like, you know, I'm ready to put down roots. I think Tom would probably like to do a few more adventures first.
2: No, I agree with that. I mean, <laughs> I want to adventure the rest of our lives, you know, for, for sure. me I want to put down roots and buy a house and I understand that you need a job, you know, it's just fact of life, but I would like to do something that I enjoy with people that I enjoy being around and I've realized that that's really important to me now that if I am going to spend 8 to 10 hours a day mm-hmm. doing a job, I want it to be something I enjoy in a good work environment and to be able to go adventure and go on trips and things like that. But I don't know for me, it's just finding that balance and prioritizing what's really important in mm-hmm. life. And be- because the only thing that's guaranteed is you're going to die one day. So <laughs> and maybe well some taxes and maybe, and maybe some, some
1: taxes. taxes and maybe some change too. and maybe some
2: change.
0: <sighs> um, how much is enough?
1: Well, you know, we were talking about winning, you know, $400 million earlier today. That'd be nice. <laughs> I'm just Friday kidding. Million? Is, that the, <laughs> no. is that the
0: sweet spot?
2: <laughs> For me, enough is just not having to worry. And I think that comes from getting to a place of knowing what your priorities are. Yeah. You have food on the table, clothes on your back. You're not concerned about running out of money every single day because you live within your means. I think that's enough.
1: My friend recently um, put it this way. He was like, you know, I want to have enough so that if a friend of mine calls me up and is like, hey, let's go to Nashville for the weekend and let's go watch this hockey game and just have a great weekend out and then we go home and go back to work and whatever. I want to be able to do that without having to not spend money for a week to make sure that you can do it or to turn it down because there's not enough there. And I think that's a really good amount to be able to do things on a whim or planned um so i agree you know enough to it was really nice on trail for most of the trail we didn't have to worry about money or budgeting and it was really nice to be able to go and eat with our friends when we wanted to go out and eat with our friends or you know we were feeling really tired so we stayed an extra day in a hotel and just spent another day in town and so then that's a whole nother day of town food and a hotel but we we weren't we weren't concerned you know so that. That's nice.
0: And where do you think your next big adventure will be?
1: Well, we've talked about running a, a marathon in um in Seattle.
2: Yep. So that'll probably be the next adventure, mainly the training for that. Yeah. But right. I just Up- I like to have something my grandpa always said. Wake up every day with something to do, somebody to love, and something to look forward to. So for me, it's good to have something to look forward to, whether it be a 5K or a marathon or beach trip or visiting friends, just to have something to look forward to. Yep.
0: And all right, I know we're getting towards the end here. So one final question <laughs> for both of you. Um, what report card grade would your parents give you for the place you are at this point in your lives?
1: My mom would give me an A-plus for sure, 100%. I'm just kidding. My dad would too, I think, A-plus.
2: Okay. I think I'd probably get a B-plus. <laughs> I, I was always a B-student, B-C-student, BC so I think I would get a B-plus, right. maybe A-minus. And what would you grade yourselves
0: uh, for being at this point in your lives?
1: i give myself an A+. Plus. a plus. <laughs> All right, good. Yeah. So
0: you, uh, you've, you've moved out of the Bs. That's cool. So it sounds to me like it takes a little bit of communicating, um, but actually just doing a little bit of planning, uh, not stressing too much, yeah. But figure, but living within your means and really trying to not get crazy with the debt. And sort of have some focus and purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't get the $400 million, <laughs> that if you're just doing what you know you love to do, even if you're living the normative life, yeah, um, that, you know, it's really about like meeting the people, having experiences oh, gosh, yeah. and and just trusting what's out there.
1: Definitely. I think you've actually hit it right on the head. That's exactly if I could sum up anything that we've learned from the trail. It's that. Life doesn't have to be extraordinary and extra, well, extravagant to be extraordinary. Right. It can be awesome just because you come home and have hot chocolate with your family while you're watching a movie. Yeah,
0: so. absolutely. Any words to the wise, um, if, if for anybody out there getting ready to take a big, uh, trek? Hmm.
2: <laughs> like a, like a hike or something yeah, like a that? Yeah, big hike, um,
0: big, big adventure.
2: Go with the flow. Yeah. Learn to adapt. Yeah. And just don't don't take anything too seriously.
1: Yep. That's awesome. good to me.
0: Awesome. Where can people find you on social media? I know there's a couple of blogs out there.
1: <laughs> uh, our Instagram is um, We Be Gold.
2: Yeah, and our YouTube channel uh, is also We Be Gold. We documented the hike and put put videos up. So. Yeah.
1: There is there are a couple blogs floating out there um all walking distance I think is the blog or like it's a weebly maybe it's okay. there's just a couple lots of
2: pictures on Instagram <laughs> lots of p- <laughs> I like pictures a words, right? yeah. pictures are good Yeah. they're always good
0: well listen it's great having you both here and um I wish you well on all the rest of your great big adventures life is a big adventure so I hope you have lots of them um Don't forget to share the love. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for Money You Should Ask, all one word. And if you have any questions you would like to ask one of our future guests, you can visit our website, www.moneyyoushouldask.com, and click on Ask Bob. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or your podcast player. For more tips, stories, financial tools to help you have a healthier relationship with money, be sure to check out themoneynerve.com. And if you're dying to get the book, check out Amazon for The Money Nerve. Tom Aaron once again it's been great having you on the show I so appreciate you taking the time um, now that you're off the trail to share a little bit about the trail
1: thanks for having us Thanks. thanks